Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you're looking for a bank that's big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them, but they're not so big they've tipped over into the mega bank experience, and you know what I mean by that if you're at one of those banks, here's a bank that does things in a personal way. It's Renaissance Bank. And I know that from the from my dealings with them and the clients that I work with. Renaissance, their folks answer their own phone, and they deliver their services in a personal way. And so they make banking easier to deal with from my perspective. If you're looking for a different experience in in terms of banking for your business, go to renaissancebank.com, find one of their local offices and be in touch. And I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Bill Neglia. Bill is the owner of Neglia Insurance Group. Bill, welcome back. Well, good morning, John. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, gr- glad to have you back. You're, you're an old friend and a repeat guest, and it's time to get into what you do to help folks. It's that time of year, so let's give everyone, that th- those that don't know you, a vision into what you do and how you serve folks out there. Fantastic. Yeah, so I started my insurance agency back in 1983. Started out as a primarily a life insurance organization. And then about 1991, moved my family from New York to Roswell, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And soon after that, started to change the focus of the agency more onto a health insurance platform where we're able to, you know, help our clients identify the most suitable and cost effective health insurance type plans and and assist them in the enrollment process where, where necessary. I'm also happy to say that after 40 years, I now have my son and my son-in-law, my son Daniel and my son-in-law Zach Foster, working with me mm. part-time okay. while they learn the business and making it a family legacy for the future. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, it's interesting to me, you've been in the business for 40 years because that, that there's I mean, I'm judging then by what things look like today, but you know, most twenty-somethings really don't necessarily want to jump into the insurance industry these days, right? No, I, I had no no thought or, or practice when I went to college mm-hmm. that I would be in the insurance business. I thought I would be an accountant, and I actually have a an undergrad degree in accounting. Mm-hmm. And then my third year, I realized I didn't want to be an accountant, so <laughs> I jumped out of that and. Took a finance degree and found that I couldn't get a job mm, out wow. of college. It was uh, very frustrating, to say the least. So after bouncing around working in retail, which was awful, and some other jobs, I saw an ad in a newspaper. That's how far back <laughs> I started. <laughs> one ads in the newspaper. I circled a bunch and saw one from uh, John Hancock uh-huh. and took a job with them as a life insurance agent. Mm. I figured as long as there are people with a pulse and a checkbook, I have a business. And, you know, I learned the insurance business the hard way, Mm -hmm. uh, especially life insurance, which is a very tough product to sell if people don't want to buy it. 
Um, yeah. So that's how I started my career. And I, I basically did life insurance for the first uh, eight years. And then, as I said, moved my family from New York to Roswell, Georgia in 1991, and then transitioned over to more of a health insurance agency. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is I felt I saw a bigger need in health insurance help, and I saw people were more receptive and open to talking about their health insurance than their life insurance. People don't want to visualize death. Oh, come um, on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It surprised me, too. Uh, yeah. but, um, no, I know, get it. I talk, get it. Talk yeah. to somebody about their mortality, and you know they, they run away from you like, uh, like you're poison. Of course. Talk to them about you know their health and saving money if they get sick or injured. Everybody can relate to that. Right. So it, it's much easier to talk to people about their health insurance than it was their life insurance. So that, that was the door opener, and that was the uh, light bulb moment for me. Well, in in you with health insurance too, there's an annual renewal, right? So there's always a, a a reason. There should always be a reason. Now, some people don't do this, right? They just renew, and they necessarily shouldn't do. It. We'll get into that, right? Oh yeah. But th- there's an annual renewal cycle for health insurance, and that opens up the opportunity to have a conversation, make sure folks are getting the value they ought to get, right? Yeah, you're referring to what's now called open enrollment, Yeah, which started in 2014 with mm-hmm. the Affordable Care Act or mm-hmm. Marketplace, or uh, people still refer to it as Obamacare, Yeah, even though it's, you know, Obama was just the president who passed the bill, right? but it has his name still on it. Uh, yeah, so open enrollment starts November 1st, next Wednesday, mm-hmm. and it runs now through January 15th. Typically, it used to run till December 15th. It's been extended for the last couple of years. And that is for individuals that are under age 65 for personal health insurance. People get confused because there's also a Medicare open enrollment period, which kind of runs concurrently Mm. to the under age 65 health insurance. So there's some confusion there. Mm -hmm. And then others, people, employers think, okay, what is my open enrollment period? And there is no open enrollment for a group. It's whenever the policy starts, 12 months later it ends, that's their open enrollment. Mm. So that could be a different day every year for every group. Right, Um, right. So I want to get more into that in in a second. But before we leave kind of your journey in health insurance, just talk about, other than the fact that health insurance is more expensive, we all know that, right? I mean, and it's it's like everything else has gone up in, in course in the health insurance world, some, some cases it's gone way up, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. But talk about beyond that, what's changed? I mean, over these past 30 plus years, you've been in the business. What are the big changes that you see that you help clients wrestle with? Yeah. So on the personal side, obviously the Affordable Care Act was a huge change to the whole system. In the mm-hmm. past or prior to the 2014, you know, health insurance could be purchased at any time. But you had to go through underwriting and list any and all medical history on an application. An underwriter would then have to look at it and either approve it, deny it if they felt there was too much risk, or they would issue it with exclusions. So they would carve out the risks and say, okay, we'll cover you for everything else, which you know was not really good for most people because right. they wanted those pre-existing and needed those pre-existing issues covered. So the whole way health insurance was done prior to 2014 was different than what it is today. Now, today you have, with the Affordable Care Act, 
people with pre-existing conditions they have no worries. They can get coverage. Those conditions are covered, but they still have to, there are still our challenges in shopping for private health insurance. Uh, the marketplace or the, you know, the ACA, uh, in most states, Georgia especially, are only selling HMO plans, mm-hmm. which an HMO just means that you have a much narrower scope of doctors and hospitals that you can utilize. And it also has a lower scope of pre- prescriptions that are covered. So when somebody's shopping for personal health insurance, and if they're looking on the marketplace and, and if they're doing it on their own and they're looking only at price, the problem there is they're going to buy something and then go find out that their doctor doesn't take it mm. or that their medications aren't covered. Right. Either Neither one is a good situation because HMOs, there's no ability to go choose your doctor. Yeah. If your doctor doesn't take your HMO, the only way to get coverage is pick another doctor. Mm. And most people, especially those that have health issues, they can't afford to do that. They have to stay with their existing providers. Sure. You know, the worst thing about doing it yourself, besides the fact that the pricing is exactly the same. So when you're doing it on your own or whether you're doing it with somebody like me and my agency Mm -hmm. with 40 years experience, the price is the same. There's no savings doing it on your own, but at least my agency brings um, additional resources. We know the questions to ask. We know what they should be looking for and and we know how to avoid that person buying a policy that's not going to have their doctors in it. Hmm. So the, has the availability of health insurance improved? Has it gone down? Has it stayed the same? What? Well, it's, so the availability has been compromised because again, open enrollment means that you generally for the nation, for the national population, you can only enroll during that. What is it? 10 week period, right? two and a half months. Right. The only way you can apply for marketplace insurance outside of open enrollment is if you have what's called a qualifying event. There's several of them, but the most common is the loss of prior group insurance. So somebody who's been working for a corporation and covered under the company plan loses their job or voluntarily decides to leave, maybe go out on their own, that insurance is going to come to an end and then they have the option of either going on COBRA or they have a 60-day window called a qualifying event period where they can transition onto a private policy, mm. even though it's outside of the national enrollment period. Mm-hmm. So that's for people with looking at marketplace. There are private insurance plans that are available on a year-round basis. And those plans, depending on the individual or the family, can be a better option, but they do have some restrictions and they do have underwriting. It's almost like the old school type of insurance prior to marketplace. Right. And our agency has access to all of those products. Mm, Gotcha. Folks, we're chatting with Bill Neglia. Bill is the owner of his own firm, Neglia Insurance Group, and a health insurance, predominantly health insurance broker through Neglia Insurance Group. Let's get into some of the specifics. Maybe we can start with personal health insurance first. So we talked about the open enrollment period. Let's just reiterate the beginning and end of that period so so, people know. Sure. So the open enrollment period starts November 1st and runs to January the 15th. Now for 
coverage starting January 1, the cutoff is December 15th. So there's two cutoffs. Mm -hmm. There's December 15th, which is for coverage starting January 1. And then there's January 15th, which would be for coverage starting February 1. Got it. After January 15th, then the open enrollment for the nation is done. Okay. Until the next year. Got it. So what kind of changes are we looking at here for this year versus last? Okay. Last year, there were, in Georgia, there were 10 carriers. This year, or 2024, there'll be nine. One carrier dropped out. Friday healthcare plans dropped out of the market this past summer. All their policyholders, hopefully by now, have changed over to something new. But yeah, there's nine carriers in the market. Still HMO only, so there really hasn't been any change there. I think the biggest changes we're going to see, obviously, premiums are going up. And I think the subsidies are going to start to go down a little because in 2021, the, the CARES Act pumped in, billion, I think, $7 billion of money into subsidies, and that money is drying out. So I think the subsidies that people have been getting up to this point, based on the income that they're making, they're going to start to see a little bit of a decrease in those subsidies. So you're going to have higher gross premiums and lower potential subsidies. Mm. So the net premium for people, everything else being equal, uh, is probably going to be a little higher next year. The pricing and the plans for next year hasn't been released to the public yet. I suspect they'll come out sometime later this week. They yep. call it window shopping. <laughs> yeah. A sneak peek before the open enrollment starts on the 1st. Right. So I think by the end of this week, we'll be able to at least see what's out there for next year. And then enrollments can start on Wednesday. So I think a little less plan choices and a little higher premiums, I think, is what we're going to be seeing for 2024 during the marketplace season. Yeah, that that makes sense. What is the, we talked about, I alluded alluded to it earlier about coming back each year to look at the plan you have and regardless of whether you're happy with what you've got, right? I mean, and the value of doing that, even though you may not think you need to. Talk about that. Well, well sure, because circumstances change. Mm-hmm. families, Family dynamics change. Family health changes, sometimes for the better, sometimes worse. So yeah, you really owe it to yourself to shop your health insurance on an annual basis. One thing I hadn't mentioned in the previous question when you asked about changes in the personal industry, uh, the non-marketplace plans or private plans as people think of them, those plans potentially, and we're waiting for a ruling to come out, there was some legislation, those plans which typically could be applied for at any time for lengths anywhere from 12 months to 36 months, those may be limited as early as January 1, depending on what this ruling says, mm-hmm. to three to four months at a time. Mm. So the reasoning behind that is the government basically wants everybody on marketplace because what's happened is that over time, the healthier, wealthier people who don't have pre-existing conditions and or don't qualify for government tax credits they're moving away from the marketplace. And basically what the marketplace is becoming is a high risk pool. Mm. So what the government is trying to do, like they tried to do when the the law was created, was get everybody in there. So you had healthy money 
subsidizing maybe the unhealthy right, or the wealthy subsidizing the not so wealthy. Mm-hmm. So this is an attempt to basically bring everybody back into the marketplace to bring in clean money and subsidize the tax credits. If that happens, what we're going to see in November and December is going to be basically a fire sale on these private plans before any law changes. So the most popular one is called short-term major medical. Yeah. And that's a those are PPO plans that people love. They have benefits that for those folks that don't want marketplace or perfect, you can get full coverage for injuries and premiums tend to be 20 to 40% less than marketplace. So our agency, we write several hundred of those every year. And we expect to write even more than that this year before any changes in the law. Because once it's on the books, then it's grandfathered for the duration of the contract. Got it. Bill, let's talk about group health. So in group by group health, we mean, for example, I own a business. I want health insurance for my employees. So I buy a group plan. Yeah. So group health basically is for businesses with two or more employees. An employee, an owner can be one of the two employees. Okay. So a single business owner would not qualify for a group, but somebody like yourself, if you had an employee on the books, yes, you can get group insurance for the two of you, or obviously more if you had a bigger staff. There are several different types of group insurance right now. There's what's called fully funded and level funded. Fully funded plans do not require any kind of medical underwriting. They don't ask medical questions and the rates are basically predetermined based on the uh, age of the individuals in the group and the plan that they choose. Level funded, those plans are medically underwritten. So the initial rates are determined by an underwriter based on the the demographic of the group and the health of those folks. And then the renewal rates are determined by the claims history as well as the demographics of the group. Mm. Best case scenario, I've seen uh, rate uh, differentials of about 40% where the level funded plans were cheaper for the same or even better coverage than the the fully, fully insured. Worst case scenario, I've seen groups denied even quoting because they had so many health issues. Bottom line is every group needs to be evaluated on its own. And that's what we do in our agency. We look at every group, we gather all the information, we run both sets of quotes, and we identify which one makes more sense for that employer. And that's what we base our recommendations on. And we change and, and we go back and review it annually as well. Is Bill, you've been at this quite a while. Is it fair to say that given your experience, given the broad number and description of clients that you have that you're able to look at a business and pretty much know kind of where they're going to end up? Once I know their information. Yeah. yeah once I've gotten their medical information, right. yes, I can pretty much tell if a level funded plan is going to quote better than a fully guaranteed plan. Yeah. I still send it out because I'm not an underwriter. Right. So yes, I may eyeball it and use experience, but I will never make the determining factor. I always send it to the actual underwriter. Yeah. But I'm pretty pretty consistent 
with being able to do what we call field underwriting and evaluate something on paper and pretty much know who's going to come in better than someone else. But I still run it through the right, the, the proper channels. Oh, sure. But I mean, that has a lot of value to clients, right? I, I would think so, because here's the thing. We don't know what we don't know. Yeah. And as a business owner or even as an individual, if you go on a website or you make a phone call to an 800 call center, you're only going to hear or be told what's available through those portals. Okay. But there's so many products that are on the market that only a, a trained and experienced agent would have access to and could advise you as to whether or not it's something that you as an individual or a business owner should consider. Will you even know? So yeah, we bring that and that's part of our experience is we bring products to the market or to our clients that they don't even know exist. And for some of them, it's a home run. Yeah. So supplemental insurance plans, let's define that first of all for people and talk about like, what are the circumstances under which you're going to want to look at something like that? So a supplemental plan. So Aflac is the most popular worldwide supplemental plan in the industry. And supplemental plans, by definition, they pay benefits directly to the insured. So if you're an insured and you have, let's say, an AFLAC policy and you have a claim, you're going to get a check directly from AFLAC based on the claim and the policy you purchased. And so for those that don't know, though, real quick, AFLAC, I mean, people know the duck, but they may not know more than that. But what kind of uh, conditions or what have you does AFLAC insure against? So their bread and butter is cancer. Okay. You know, they were founded on selling cancer policies. But now I'd say their portfolio, they've got cancer, they've got accident, they've got what's called critical illness, mm-hmm. hospital, dental, they have vision, they even have some life insurance. So they're, they have a very robust portfolio. But cancer and accident are their primary uh, products. Okay. And they can be purchased either as an individual or as a group. Mm-hmm. But again, the benefit goes to the insured. It does not go to a doctor or a hospital. That's the main difference with supplemental, where regular medical insurance reimburses or pays the medical provider. Supplemental insurance pays or reimburses the insured, and they can use that money then to offset some of their out-of-pocket medical expenses. Right. Or loss of income. Or loss of income. Yeah. Not so much the loss of income because, again, the benefits are structured to really cover expenses. Mm. I mean, you may get a thousand or $2,000 benefit. I mean, yeah, if you're a low income earner, you can, you know, replace some income, but somebody, even a high income earner who has a supplemental policy can at least offset their out of pocket expenses, things that insurance don't cover like gas. You know, my wife, you know, was a breast cancer survivor and Mm. I, I can't tell you how many trips to Kennestone hospital we made gas, parking, right? food. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are expenses you don't think about, you know, when somebody has cancer, Absolutely, but they add up over the course of, of a couple of year treatment plan. Yep. And that's what the supplemental plans are designed to help offset. Got it. So these are different than uh, a disability insurance, which is meant to be an income replacement policy, right? Correct. That's, okay. that's the policy you would buy if you wanted to replace your income. Because mm-hmm. with disability, you can replace generally about 60% of your gross. 
because it is a tax-free benefit mm-hmm. as long as you pay for it privately. Okay. So yeah, disability in anyone who is either self-employed or works for a company that doesn't offer disability income mm-hmm. should have some or at least be exposed to disability in- insurance. And absolutely anybody who's self-employed should have some level of disability insurance on themselves. And do you handle disability? We certainly do. Okay, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Bill's the one-stop shop for all these things, folks. And you still do some life insurance. Oh yeah, life insurance. Again, I've been 40 years in the business, so I'll, I'll always be selling life insurance just because it's not our bread and butter doesn't mean we still don't sell a ton of it. As a matter of fact, my son and son in law, they're writing a lot of life insurance through the agency. So they're kind of becoming the in house specialists. Got it. But yeah, life insurance is a product we will always sell. And the thing is now we're selling selling it to our clients who are coming to us for health insurance. But oh by the way, do you also do life insurance? So we're doing a lot of cross selling mm. on the life insurance. So yeah, life insurance is something we'll always continue to sell. That's great. Now, now you, there's a distinction you want us to draw between the older life insurance and the newer, I guess the newer policies, I guess, as it were. Talk about what we need to be alert to there. Yeah. So when I refer to older, I mean the original life insurance was whole life. And that was that's a policy where you pay a fixed premium for life. And when you die, your beneficiary gets a death benefit. Embedded in a whole life policy, there are what's called cash value components. There is a guaranteed component, and then there's a non-guaranteed component called a dividend, okay, which the company may or may not pay on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. Years later, because the cost of whole life got to be too expensive for people, the industry came out with what's called term life, which is a more of a temporary policy. It's not a lifetime policy. You buy it. And the old school term was, it would increase every year. What Yearly renewable is what it was called. So it would start out at say $100 a year and then be 110, 130, 108. As you got older, it progressively got higher. There's no equity with term insurance. So I use the analogy, whole life is like buying a home. You pay a mortgage, generally it's a higher rate, and in the early years, all of that money goes to interest. Mm -hmm. After a while, you start to build equity in the home, same with the policy. Term is like renting a home. Every year you pay a little bit more, and it just goes to the owner, and you get no equity back. That's the old school of life insurance. The newer school of life insurance has a component where it includes long-term care coverage. So you can buy either a, generally you have to buy a permanent type policy. So you can buy whole life, you can buy what's called universal life, which is another permanent type policy, or you can still buy term life. Mm -hmm. But if you want long-term care included in your life insurance, you got to buy one of the permanent policies. Mm. The nice thing there is you get two benefits in one policy, underwriting, for the long-term care is usually easier because you're also buying the life insurance. And what I have seen and what I've done in my agency that's been very effective is we find people with old whole life policies that have cash value in it, which if it's sitting in their policy is not doing anything productive for them. And they're able to move some or all of that money into a new policy, increase their death benefit, 
add the long-term care benefit they didn't have without adding any money on an annual basis into the contract. Just by moving over the money, it's called a 1035 tax-free exchange, and the money just moves from the old policy to the new, and they've got better life insurance, long-term care, and no more premiums. Yeah, wow. That's you've got my attention on that for sure. Well, Bill, let, let's. This has been great. I can't imagine there aren't some folks that want to be in touch. But before we tell them how to do that, just say you've, you've been around a while. You're seasoned veteran here of the uh, health insurance, helping us navigate health insurance landmines. I'd love it if you sh- could share a success story, one that helps illustrate the great work you do. Yes, yeah, you know we have many success stories in general. But the one that comes up the most is, like I mentioned before, people don't know what they don't know. And I, I have business owners all the time coming to me saying, Bill, we've been trying to offer group and we want to offer group insurance. We know we need to offer group insurance to stay competitive in the marketplace and with our competitors, but we just cannot afford the premiums. And that's because they've been looking at the same type of insurance, generally the fully funded type. I have introduced them to the level funded. I've gathered their information and I have been able to provide them with the coverage at the price they can afford. So they're able to implement these group insurance plans that they've been looking for and pining for years. Mm. And it's only because I introduced them to something no one else did and they didn't know even existed. So I think one of the main values that we as independent agents bring to our clients is the knowledge of products that they don't even know exists. And in, in my employer situations, you know, you're talking about companies with 15, 20 employees, you know, where they saw premiums of five, six hundred dollars a month, and I'm able to get them three hundred, three fifty. Oh wow. Which is the difference between having and not having a policy. Right. right. Yeah, we've done that and we do it on a regular basis. Wow. Great stuff from Bill Naglia. Neglia Insurance Group here in the Roswell area, and I'm you're serving folks. I assume all across the state, right? We we handle the entire state of Georgia, and we're licensed in 14 other states right now. Well, there you go, the whole southeast. Okay, okay, but yeah. Where our reach is further than Georgia, based here in North Fulton, but certainly serving a lot broader circumference, I guess, than just the Roswell city limits for sure. Well, Bill, this has been great. And again, I can't imagine there are some folks that want to be in touch. So let's tell them how they can do that. Sure. Thank you, John. This has been my pleasure as well. So yeah, you can reach, uh, you can reach me by phone 404-433-8838, email bill at negliainsurance.com or check out our website, which has actually been refurbished and is brand new www.negliinsurance.com. Uh, take a look at it. Love to see what you think about it. But yeah, we're, we're happy to help. And again, we charge no nothing for our services. Bill Neglia Insurance Group. He's the owner there. Bill, this has been great. Thank you, John. Thank you it's so much. my pleasure. Yeah, thanks for coming in. All right. Hey, uh, folks, just a uh, quick thought for you. If, if you're having health problems in your back office... If, and you don't really, or you're not adequately covered. Do you love these puns? What I'm getting at is that you are spending too much time on some back office issues in your business, whether they be administrative tasks or bookkeeping or preparing presentations or doing marketing or that kind of thing. You're spending all your time on that. 
instead of getting someone else to take that off your plate so you can focus on what's important in your business, which is the revenue side of your business and, and your employees as well. Well, office angels can take over those tasks and they can help you restore the joy you previously felt about your business by taking on those those issues. They get they have a whole team of angels that will fly in, get that job done, and they fly out. And they do it on an ongoing or as-needed basis. They do great work, and I know that myself because they do work for me, and I see, that, see it every day uh, in what they do. So give them a call at 678-528-0500. You can go to officeangels.us if you want to just check them out before you call, but I encourage you to call. Let them know we sent you and explain what your issue is and let them, again, help you restore the joy that you used to have in your business. And folks, this, later this year is coming up fast. So really, we're in within the next couple of months as we record this show here in mid-October 2023, I will have a book out. It's called The Generosity Mindset Method for Business Success. Raise your confidence, your value, and your prices. If you are a particularly a solopreneur, professional services person, you will hopefully gain a lot of value out of this book. And uh, it may be one that may be of interest to you. If you want to learn more, go to thegenerositymindset.com to sign up to receive updates on the book and when it will be coming out. And uh, again, it will be mid-December 2023. And I want to thank our audience. We have passed uh, here recently show number 700 and we've done that after seven and a half years of this show. And we've only gotten this far because of you. And you continue to support us. And we're so grateful for you. Continue to do what you've always done. Share the show. If you've heard something here from Bill that makes you think, hey, I know of a friend that needs to hear about his services, please do that. And do that for any of our shows. We're grateful when you do that. And we're, we all are also grateful when you follow us on social media. North Fulton BRX on all the major platforms and uh, share as well there. What you're helping us do is continue to be the voice of business in the North Fulton region and beyond and give uh, business owners whose stories might not be heard otherwise a place to tell their story and to get have that work be celebrated in that way. So thank you for your support as we continue to live into that mission. So for my guest, Bill Naglia, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.